0: We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Hello everyone. Oh Gosh, that was muted. <laughs> right, so a couple of years ago, um, almost exactly two years ago, there was a particular message that that I shared which has kind of been living with me ever since. And I've often used the phrase, the spirit within breaking out. And you'll probably see that emerge in all kinds of illustrations and, and messages that I've brought over the last little while. I kind of feel stuck on that again. Um, and so uh, let's... Let's just walk our way through through some thoughts here. I've got a few videos and things like that. But I want to talk about how we were designed to work in partnership with God, what the nature of that partnership is, and how do we get it. So, we were designed to work in partnership. How does that partnership work out? And how do we get, get it? So, like a glove. We were designed for a perfect fit. God designed us to work with him. I've always loved this little verse. So, um, this is the story of Gideon. And there's a point where we see that the Spirit of God comes upon Gideon. But it doesn't really capture it in English, quite what it's saying, because actually it's better translated as the Spirit clothed himself with Gideon as one would put on a glove, and I found that a really interesting concept when you think of putting on a glove because the glove is the accessory to the wearer of it. And um, I think, you know, there's been times where I've kind of invited the Holy Spirit to, to come meet with me where, if I'm honest, I want him to accessorise me. I want him to add a little bit of sparkle, a little bit of that kind of little booster shot that, that that I want, just to make the things that I want to do a bit more effective. But when you think about being worn like a glove, you're kind of acknowledging that there's nothing inside you. And once, you're f- once a glove is filled, it is no longer under its own control. And you kind of get that with John the Baptist's line when he says, I must decrease so that he can increase. So I've been thinking about this idea of being emptied out so that I could be worn, and um, I want to play this clip in a second from Men in Black. Now, this was... Oh, I don't know when this came out. Was it 2000s, around about then? Ah. Um, so the concept is an alien has, is crashing down onto Earth because he knows on Earth there is a special rock that he's, he's searching for. But he can't just walk around like an alien, so he's got to find a way to manage to do that. So let's have a look at this. What the heck is it, Get your big butt back in the house. Please, projectile weapon on the ground. You can have my gun when you pry it from my cold dead fingers. Your proposal is acceptable. <laughs> In water. More. More. It's gonna just hang off your bones. The alien needs a disguise to be able to operate on Earth. And so he wears that guy's skin as a glove. Now, I don't believe the Holy Spirit's into body snatching. But I do believe, and I've used this idea before, the Holy Spirit wants to use us as a base in which to strike from. The planes can operate in regions only because the positioning of the carrier. This is a partnership. It's about the spirit within breaking out. It's not done against our will. We don't kind of, oh, walk around like this, all the time, just sometimes. But you remember we used this um, this example before. I've got to get good mileage out of this because it was so much fun. Something is dropped inside, or rather someone is dropped inside, that compels something to come out that wasn't there before. That compulsion is part of the partnership. But I could cap it, I could quickly screw a cap down on top of that. I could resist, and I could resist what has been dropped inside of me, and the Bible calls this grieving the Holy Spirit. I, when we first used this example, we um, gave the story of Michael being in primary school. And him and his friends used to bully this particular kid. And one night, he felt God say to him, that's my boy. And Michael was, was wrecked. He was done. He was in floods of tears that night. He'd just had that revelation that he'd not had before. He was compelled to stop bullying. But then... He also had to count the cost. Like, what does it mean now to respond to what has been dropped inside? And he could have kind of just stayed on the edge of those friends, just kind of pulled back a little bit, but um, he, uh, he knew that that wasn't enough. He had to throw his lot in with, with the kid being bullied, and he realised that he could become a target himself for bullying. And so he had to choose to sacrifice and obey. He had to choose to collaborate. And so that's why the spirit doesn't body snatch. Because we have to choose to collaborate. That's the way that God works with us. He's looking for a loving partnership. And if you listen to any of those songs that we heard earlier, this is just about being useful this is because he loves us and he chooses to to be with us and work with us and I I love that line in that song that somehow this grace means that I'm still someone you you want Uh, and, and that's the truth now the spirit is up to the same old tricks Arthur's, my son has got the the Jesus story book, and it's I learned so much from this book, and if you've got it, you'll recognise when I've stolen bits out of it and pretended it's my own revelation. But there's a story when Jesus stands up in the boat and he speaks to the wind and the the waves and he says, Be still, and the the book says, and the waves recognised his voice, because it was the same voice that was there at the beginning that caused the waves to exist. And I like that idea that there's this continuity, that the, the Spirit straddles time, straddles history, reaches right across it and the waves recognise that. And I think creation recognises what the Spirit has always been up to and what he's doing. And we say it's I so said, the spirit straddles history, but he actually straddles his story. It's his story that, that we're all part of. And he's doing what he has always done. Now, I've tried to share this, uh, this illustration before, um, but um, Tanya and James worked together to produce this short little video, which I, which I hope gets it across. And grabbing that image, 2,000 years ago, The Spirit enabled Jesus to stand up in that boat and tell that storm to be still. Well, the Spirit is still up to the same old tricks he's always been up to, but it looks different now. Hmm, it's not playing. Oh, there we go. So, I heard the story that uh, Lucy November was invited to... Um, a foster carer's home, when the, the children were, were, were really unruly. It, it, like there was, there was a lot of, lot of um, stress going on. And Lucy didn't have any more direction, any more wisdom apart from, let's just ask God, and prayed that the, the, effectively the storm in the room would be stilled. And just like that, the calm came. And I like to think about that. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus stood up in a boat and did it. 2,000 years later, Lucy stands up. What is the similarity? The Spirit is still doing the same thing. He's up to the same old tricks all of the time, but now he's using Lucy as that carrier to launch a strike from. The Spirit wants to work in partnership, and he wants to work through us because he loves us. Romans 8:11 says and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you the same spirit that lived in Christ when he was raised out of raised from the dead is living today in you that same spirit is living in anyone that is filled with his spirit today the same one. Not one like it. Not one a little bit watered down. The same spirit. Terry, um, Terry King shared a story that I think I've shared in this setting. He was getting, on an, getting in an elevator and he just happened to ask this other guy, well, what button can I push for you? What floor do you want to go to? And the guy was just shocked. Uh, why, would, why would you offer that? Now, it seems like nothing. It seems like nothing at all. But Terry said, I know why he was so shocked. Because he heard the spirit that was within me reach out and speak to him. The same spirit that has always been speaking spoke from within Terry to that guy. I believe we have memory traces. I believe eternity has been put into our hearts. Even if we don't know God, we know We're not living in a world that was what was originally designed. We are heartbroken when we grieve the loss of loved ones. We were never designed to live with loved ones being torn away from us. There's a memory trace that's there. Why does this hurt so much? We have it when we connect with fairy tales, because fairy tales are too good to be true, or are they? Is there not a memory trace of what we were designed for, that that spirit That is working in us now was always doing, always working. I met with Anthony Kernan this week, and he's saying in his um, his work with the paramedics, he said just learning someone's name means a lot for someone when you're talking to them when they're in distress. I was just thinking, yeah, because when you call someone by their name, they recognise not just that their name is being said, but that they have been named by someone, something, somewhere. That's the Spirit of God spanning history. The same way that the waves recognized Jesus' voice because it was a spirit behind it. Some of you would have heard Andrew Tizard's story about the, the just an amazing um, email that he received from one of his students just saying what he'd been able to do for him. And They were fairly normal stuff, like that's normal Andrew. But actually, is it something within breaking out that communicates far more than what we particularly do? I was talking to um, Richard Hilton, he was telling me a story that he's been asking God, I I want to be more moved by your spirit and, and being worn like a glove in that sense. And he said, at one point he was talking to a, colleague who was in distress and he said, right, what we're going to do, we're going to go into this room and we're going to ask God to speak to you and you're going to hear him. And Richard was like, did I just say that? I don't usually say that, that's not me. No, it's something inside speaking out of him. He could have capped that. He could have thought, oh, this could be embarrassing. This could make me look like a complete fruitcake. But he collaborated, he worked with him he allowed himself to be used as a glove. And that individual heard God. One time, at a prayer meeting, we'd asked everyone that works or lives in Barken and Dagenham to stand around the side of Castle Point. And just in front of me was, was Dennis Wright as we were praying. And I just had like, this thought, wow! Dennis's neighbour lives next door to Jesus. Just that it looks like Dennis now. Because the same spirit is in him that was in Jesus. We are walking around Jesus'. He wants to work on this planet and so we offer ourselves to be used by him. Now, a warning. This isn't about trying harder. If you try harder, uh uh-uh. You've forgotten what the whole thing is. We can't try harder. We can't get this out of us. Something else has to be dropped into us. And that's a challenge for us because we are are very focused on being doers. And it's right, the Bible says, be doers, not just hearers of the word. But we don't want to be so quick to enact on something out of our own strength that we forget that we're a glove here. What does he want to do? How is he empowering us? We have to resist that impulse to say, okay, God, I've got it. Let me take it from here. Because he was never called us to do that. He's always wanted to operate in partnership with us and through us. Jesus didn't come to be an example. Jesus didn't come to be an example. He came to be A substitute. See, examples are for you to copy. You ever tried to copy Jesus' example? I have been absolutely crushed when I've tried to do that. Examples about me struggling to do the same. But when I see him as a substitute, is about an invitation to accept, embrace, and to rely on. The substitute means it's finished, the debt has been cleared. He has done it for me, but interestingly, he is still doing it through me. Because what sometimes happens, we think, okay, God's cleared my debt so far, that's great. Now I've got a a, a clear deck to work from and and now try really hard. Because he's done such good things for me, I ought to try hard to do what he wants me to do. That's when we get crushed again. Because he still wants to do it through me. uh, Terry King uses the phrase, he transforms me to transform through me. Now, I had a little example. Yeah? OK, we're going to try this. We, we, we had a, a huge exodus of drummers when I realised I wanted to do this little illustration. So, um, Elliot is going to teach me just a very simple drum beat, and I'm going to copy his example. So, um, we can put the camera on him. You can take the PowerPoint off for a second if, if you can do so. We can just see Elliot right now i'm going to come across and see how he's doing it now this is my some people have a smoking jacket i've got a learning how to drum jacket you'll see why this is relevant in a minute okay what you got Okay, all right, let me have a crack at it. So, Michael Tizard promised me when he was first learning to drum, he could teach anyone a simple rhythm, a simple beat within 20 minutes. He never promised that again after I tried. Okay, so I, I really kind of upset upset him. So, you seem to have a foot on that one. Did you? Were you moving that one or just, you just held it down? Just held it down. And then you, you hit that one and you hit that one. move independent? Yeah. <laughs> was any of that in time? No. no. Okay. All right. So, if all Jesus came to do was to be an example, that would be fairly crushing for me in this case. But, now here's the bit that Elliot doesn't know about. So, just slip your arm down in there, this, this one here. <laughs> push push it right through okay and your other one through here <laughs> this is Elliot everyone okay alright right let's let's come and let's see I'll, I'll go first and then you you get yourself comfortable okay let's alright you. Are we there okay right okay there we go. This is, we, we're good. We're good. Let's go for it. Oh, doing it! Now, the interesting thing is if it's on, a drumming, I could resist, couldn't I? I could pull against what he's trying to do. But then when I relax into it and let him use my arms, look what we can do. Thank you very much, Elliot. That's great. Well done. All right. There we go. That was COVID safe. There we go. So, he doesn't come to be just an example, he comes to be a substitute. That clears our debt, but he doesn't just do it for me, he's doing it through me. He doesn't come just to give me a booster. He comes to actually run my life if I choose to collaborate that with him. And um, I think it will be better than okay. Here's a little advert from uh, Honda from some years back. Ever wondered what the most commonly used word in the world is okay man's favorite word is one that means all right, satisfactory not bad so why invent the light bulb when candles are okay why make lifts if stairs are okay Earth's okay, why go to the moon clearly not everybody believes okay is okay We don't. And we were wondering what would the world be like if its favorite word wasn't okay? What if we could change it? What if the word was, what if? I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm managing. Before Christmas, I talked about um, some of the symptoms of being a veteran. I mean, this expands beyond that, but I'm in no grave danger. I'm not about to commit adultery or, or, or murder. Yeah, I'm all right. I, I, I can just about hold it all together. But what if this wasn't his design? What if there was something better than okay that he had? When I spoke last time, I, I used this illustration. and I, I know that the youth were looking at this in terms of there's certain walls that, that God can expand. Well, say, in my, my natural state, pre-submission to God, I've, I can care about this much, and that might include some friends and some family. I can just about care for those people. But then I see other things, and God expands my love, expands my ability to care. And suddenly these other things are now in reach. But that can, we can, that can become the new comfort zone that, oh, we can manage that. We, we can live within that. But then when someone points out these other areas of need and concern, we can start thinking, oh, but, but I can't manage that. I, I feel overwhelmed. I can't reach that. I can barely do what's within my zone at the moment, and what you're talking to me about is something else. And I think God wants to make us better than okay. I think God's got something more for us, that if we choose not to cap, not to um, resist, but to collaborate with Him, He could take us much further than we'd ever thought to go. So have you ever thought, felt like this, that you're just trying to keep those cracks together? You're trying to your darndest, just to hold it all together. And if you lose concentration or focus, it might all fall apart. That song that, we, that the team just brought to us, I've been strong and I've been broken within a moment. I've been faithful and I've been reckless at every bend. I've held everything together and watched it shatter. I've stood tall and I've crumbled in the same breath. I'm trying my darndest just to hold it all together. But then the the song goes on and every time I turn around, Lord, you are still there. I was found before I was lost. I was yours before I was not. That to me is better than okay. That's better than trying hard to keep it all together. That verse that I brought earlier, because he's the one that holds it together, that's his job. He's done it for me and he's doing it through me. It was never for me to manage from my own power and ability. The best thing we can do is stop trying hard and let him wear us like a glove. Let the Spirit do what the Spirit has always done, only this time he's doing it from within us. I heard this story about um, a group of ministers here in the UK that were inviting the evangelist D.L. Moody for a crusade here in the UK. And one minister asked, Why must it be Moody? Does D.L. Moody have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit? And quietly, one of the other ministers replied, No, but it's evident that the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on Moody. Does the Holy Spirit have a monopoly on you? Does he wear you like a glove? Because it's better than okay if he does. When Bernard Sanders was here a couple of years ago, he told the story about just after the, the resurrection... The devil's back down in hell and he's got a thumping headache and he's moaning and groaning and there's so much noise coming from from up on earth. And so he gets his his head demon and he says, I've got such a cracking headache. Go see what that noise is up there. And so this head demon goes up and comes back down. He says, you know that one that crushed your head you know that one that rose from the dead? Yeah. Well, he's only gone and multiplied himself. And it was the day of Pentecost when the Spirit poured out on every man and every woman. He's just gone and multiplied himself. That's what he's done. You might not think you're much, but all you've got to do is be a glove and see what he can do with your life that song that we used at the beginning. And this is going to be a glorious unfolding. Just you wait and see and you will be amazed. You've got to believe this story is far from over. So hold on to every promise God has made to us and watch this glorious unfolding. The best is yet to come. For you, for me, for us. We've just gone through this whole process of covenant renewal and we've said we are committing to where God's taking us. The spirit within breaking out is something that God wants to do with us as a people and it will be a glorious unfolding as we see it happen. The stories that we pick up are just a foretaste. It's not over. And there's more to come. We ain't seen nothing yet. Before I give an opportunity to respond. I just want you to take a couple of minutes with people next to you and just discuss, what have you heard? What has God been saying to you while I've been talking? So you've got two minutes. What have you heard so far? So you might have your own response that you need to make to what you feel that God's saying. The, the two thoughts that I had was first of all a determination by the power of God to stop trying stop trying to hold it all together stop trying to work within the comfort zone because the only time we ask God to meet with us is when we want him to accessorise our lives to make it a little bit easier for me to hold it all together and you might want to consider and ask before God what might cause me to hesitate offering myself as a glove what what is the, the the thing that what is the capping that I might do on what he's trying to do in me? And you might find that there's particular examples that come to your mind when you ask him that that question, and then you want to respond however you feel right to with that. Um, the team are just going to come back with a song, um, which would give us opportunity to respond. or Twitter at Lifeline UK.